welcome to Leaders Recon. I'm your host, Joshua Carr, and today we're talking about something which is near and dear to my heart, OERs and NCOERs, with two great subject matter experts, Colonel Leland Blanchard, the second, and uh, Sergeant Major McCarthy um, from the G357. Gentlemen, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you. So before we dive in, I guess, and talking about like the intricacies of you know, writing support forms, writing OERs, raiders, senior raiders, some of this stuff. I know you, sir, have talked about how you've sat on boards and stuff before um, with me. Can you give us, like, our audience a little bit of a, you know, your perspective on, like, as a board member sitting there, what are things that you see repetitively in uh, OERs, NCOERs? You know, what are those things that stand out to you? Sure. Uh, so, Looking back, and I know we've talked a little bit about this, uh, that board experience is so valuable. And I say that because all the things that I thought were true, some of them turned out to be true and some of them turned out to not be true. Uh, some of the things that I thought in my own OERs set me apart, I learned maybe not so much. Uh, and then some things that uh, I didn't expect some some truths, if you will. So what I would say is that experience, uh, you know, looking back and looking at the board, sitting on a board uh, is a is really a leadership development experience, right? So it, ge it, it gave me an opportunity to go from being a senior raider and putting things down and, and trying to communicate a message, yeah. right? But we often say message sent is not necessarily the message that's received. And I think there's, and Sergeant Major, I'm sure, back me up on this. There's no greater truth than when you talk about boards and your evaluations, whether it's NCOERs or OERs, what you as the Raider and senior Raider, and really as the rated soldier may think is being relayed to the board, may not even be remotely close. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I, I just think that that formative experience, being able to see how OERs or, or NCOERs build over time, how it's a narrative. And I know you and I, uh, you know, we've talked about this. It's not about one chapter. It's about the entirety of your career. It's the entirety of the book, right? So each of your evaluations, each element of your board file is a chapter in your book. And so you've got, you know, whether it's your board, uh, your letter to the board, uh, you've got your, uh, your uh, SRB, you know, that, those are kind of like uh, the beginnings, right? I mean, that, that's kind of setting the stage uh, memo to the board. I, I will tell you, if you can't write, don't, you know, if you're not writing, uh, if you're not a good writer, don't, don't write a letter to the board or at least have somebody check it out for you. Uh, I guess, yeah, on that note, before, before we dive into some of that, what's like the most like bizarre thing that you've seen on, a, on an OER and COER. I don't know if you want to, or Sergeant Major, do you have I'm something? Trying to, I'm you... trying to think of something that would. Uh... <laughs> so things that I've seen uh, recently. Uh, so I have seen uh, wrong names, right? And so, you know, it'll say, uh, you know, Linda, I'm just making this up. Uh, Linda did a great job. And you realize that, that the, the soldier's name is William. Uh, or uh, so wrong names, I've seen uh, one sentence. Uh, I think probably the most egregious uh, evaluation was a, a senior raider who put one sentence. There were eight words in there, two of the words. One was the rank, one was the last name. Uh, so there were six words to be said. It was a top block uh, and there was a grammatical error uh, in those, in, that's right. So when you see things yeah. like that, uh, you say, what's the most uh, egregious or craziest thing? Stuff like that. Wrong names. Uh, Copy just and paste. Yes. That's what. That's what. And and don't get me wrong. You get people doing the same jobs, so you can you can kind of use the same format for the most part. But you you got to make it that individual's bullet. You know, it's it's you can tweak it somehow to make it fit that person. This is like this is really impactful to me right now, just because I'm literally I literally have to go write an NCOER right after this um it's on my to-do list so sir you talked about your oers or your ncoers being you know a book you know showcasing your career sure. chapters in that book how much you know as a when you're writing you know ncoer like like i said i'm about to do mm -hmm. um how much should i be referring back to like previous um ncoers 
leading up into that versus, you know, focusing only on like that support form or what's your advice, Star Major? Huh. So, uh, I mean, if it's the same job, so a lot of times you're in the same job for two to three years, you know, uh, so I think that would build upon, you can kind of say, you know, went from working at this level, uh, but now a year or two later, I'm, I'm at a, you know, a hundred percent, uh, and and uh, but if you're going from a s totally different job yeah. it's it's going to be hard to relate back uh you can in certain aspects of just general leadership abilities probably but uh you know out of what you actually do uh you know the, the only thing off the top of my head that would come into mind is like i always tell everyone try to go to one military school a year and that's not a that's not a pme school that's 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 a given you have to do those Go to something outside, you know, and just think outside the box. Doesn't matter if you're an infantry guy. Doesn't mean you got to go jump out of an airplane. Go to a finance school, you know. Go to a, a, a you know, a, a force management. Go to anything, you know. Basket weaving. I don't really care. Some sort of education. Some sort of education to show that you're trying to improve your foxhole and trying to improve your 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 networking capabilities within the service. I guess, yeah, piggybacking off of what you were saying there, kind of looking back, talking about the same job, I guess one of my questions is, you know, it talks about uh, successive assignments, uh, potentials in your senior rater comments there. Is that something that you look back to, like, previous uh, comments on that when you're writing yours? Uh, not not unless, and so I agree with the Sergeant Major, when you're talking about somebody, say if it's the first time I'm writing a, an evaluation for you, uh, I'm not really going to look so much at what happened before, right? I mean, there, there's some regulation, there's some there's some nuance and there's regulatory and policy guidance on that. But I think when we talk about if this is your second or third uh, evaluation for me, mm -hmm. I am going to look at some of those things because what I don't want to send to the board is the message that I'm cutting and pasting, right? So I don't yeah. want those jobs to be the same necessarily. Plus, if you're on your third year working, your last job is probably different you know, than, than what it was two or three years ago. Now, I do want to say in, in, in relation to uh, your, you know, previous question, there's different perspectives to be taken here, right? So here's what I think is missed by so many people. And I didn't understand again until I sat on a board. As a raider or a senior raider, and looking in that at that evaluation as you're writing it, you're writing it based on, on what you know, that snapshot in time, yeah. right? But there's another role here, and that's the rated person, the rated soldier. Mm -hmm. Because if you're really strong at five things, right, yeah. and you're just really, you're really good at those things, typically we're gonna focus on one or two of those things. We're gonna take your top one or two strengths, and that's fantastic. Except to a board, mm -hmm. over time, when you start looking at five, six, seven, eight evaluations for two, three, four different people, if it all says the same thing, people start to wonder, are you a one trick pony, mm -hmm. right? And so that's the discussion that I think has got to occur when you get that as the rated soldier. I think you got to sit down and go, hey, uh, let me take a look at this in a different light. Let me, let me kind of put all of my evals together and let's take a look at this and say, does this say the same thing over and over again? Like you said, read it like a book. Like Read it like a book. Is it the same chapter happening over and over again? Yeah. And that's a discussion now you can go back to your senior rater or your rater and say, hey, I'd like to have this dialogue. Appreciate that you say I'm really good at, at A and B, but I've been told for the last five years, so I'm, I'm genuinely curious, is this, a, you know, is this something that I'm not good at other things? Or is there a possibility you can emphasize through our discussions, through our, through our mentoring and counseling? That I'm good at. That's right. So that, so that a board is getting a complete picture of what you look like over time and not just that snapshot over and over and over again. I mean, you brought up something really good here that I was hoping maybe you could talk about, which is that like relationship between the raider, the rated soldier, and then the rated soldier and your senior raider. Mm -hmm. um, that's something that, especially as a young officer, I did not grasp the concept of. I know I've mentioned it to you before, but like I talked to my senior raider as a new officer like one time. So then when he wrote his comments about me, they're like the most generic things on my first OER, but I was, but like, it's my own fault because I didn't, I, he didn't know who I was, you know? Right. And so I guess that's, you know, what's your advice on developing that as a, 
I guess, as an officer, and then if you want to talk about it as an NCO. So just chime in on that one, sir. It's, it's basically it's what it's what you make of it as the rated soldier. And, and uh, throughout the years, the, the squeaky wheel gets grease. And, and you don't need to be a pain in the butt, but people need to know who you are. And, and that's your raider and your senior raider. And officer world's a little bit different. I got it. Um, but uh, same concept. It doesn't matter. It's, a, it's an evaluation. And, and you're, you, you should be afforded the opportunity to talk to, in person, the people that are rating you. You know, it shouldn't just be, you know, oh, yeah, I, I've heard of Carr. So, yeah, he sounds like a good guy. So here you should have had at least a conversation with these people, you know, so they have an idea of who you are. Um, I know right now in the G3, we're getting better at that, of bringing people in. Uh, General Adrian's uh, doing a big push on that, but uh, everyone should be reaching out, talking to their soldiers. Yeah, I think it's a it's something that we talk a lot about, but we're not necessarily real good at as an organization. We talk about, you know, we've got to counsel, we've got to mentor, we've got to have these programs in place. And the reality is you can't just say, hey, counsel someone four times a year and we'll call that good, right? That's a dialogue that's got to occur. So whether it's the platoon leader and platoon sergeant, when the battalion commander uh, comes out, right, to the range and they're, they're watching things, it's a dialogue, quite frankly, that occurs between the sergeant major and the commander, the first sergeant and that company commander. I don't know, we've talked about this, you know, a little bit, you know, as you, you look to take command, those roles and responsibilities. But it is really a dialogue that has got to be ongoing. It's constant. There's some record keeping that goes into it. But but I'm not so tore up about the record keeping as I am. Hey, I want to know what's really happening. And so I, as the senior raider, well, I'm I'm challenged to get out there and have the same relationship that the raider's gonna have. Mm-hmm. But that's my job. That's what the army pays me to do, is to, you know, to 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 know what the heck. Josh Carr is going. And then now you got to understand also the differences between what a Raider and what a senior Raider are really talking about. Mm-hmm. All right. So we're talking about the difference between performance and potential. And I think also, again, one of those experiences from sitting on a board, mm-hmm. you really come to understand the difference between performance. You'd have a high performer where the senior Raider is saying, hey, all day long, he's been in this job four years. Yeah. He's fantastic right. at it. Uh, the Raider says that. And then the senior Raider says, as long as he stays in this job, he's good, he's good mm-hmm. but not ne- right. And so so there's a dialogue that has yeah. to occur and, and understanding what the roles and responsibilities and then having that dialogue. And it if it's something that happens um, at OER or NCOER time, then that's unfortunate. And it's it's a lack of leadership in my opinion, right? I mean that's that's a leadership failure. And I know I know for me all these senior NCOs that I've been fortunate uh, to have in my life have been right there to tell me, get your butt out there and and make sure that you know what you're what you're what you're saying about these young men and women because you're you're making a determination today about how far they're going to go in their their career, right? Right, and so now. What's interesting about what you said is, so as a lieutenant, and then you're talking about that company commander who's still only got four to six, seven yeah. years in there, right? And so that responsibility and that relationship with that senior NCO, mm-hmm. so important, mm-hmm. right? So the first sergeant's not not telling you, hey, this is write this about that that lieutenant, and right? right? But he's really going he's gonna see he's going to be able to see things that you don't because he's out checking on soldiers he's out doing things he's out seeing that lieutenant you know uh doing doing his or her job and that's what i kind of wanted to touch on a little bit you know and i guess we're dancing around it but focusing on the on the soldier's perspective for those of in our audience that are getting ready to to build their support forms and do that sort of thing so like just taking a personal example from my experience i remember i had this killer platoon sergeant like I, I went, I, he was the third one I had, and this guy was just fantastic. He, everything was always ahead of the curve from where, uh, from where I was. And I, I was fresh out of ranger school, so I was like, oh, yeah, checking on all these stuff, you know. And he was always one step ahead of me, just killer, right? And then, so I went to do his evaluation at the end. He hands me his support form. I'd never written, uh, uh, like, a full, you know, NCOER before. So I'm going through this, and I turn in, and it gets kicked back, like, faster than a heartbeat. 
um, because they're like, this doesn't have sub, you know substantive uh, comments in it. Yeah. And uh, but I was I had based it pretty much entirely off of his support form. And what it came down to was there, it was just the fact was like I had this great performer that I was trying to do a good evaluation for, but the support form was so weak that I was I spent a ton of time trying to recreate it to turn it into a good product and as a young officer I just I wasn't very capable of that so what's your I guess advice for soldiers you know that are you know building these support forms like what are some things best practices that they should engage in one of the things I'll, I'll start off with on that is so support for me personally I've used it over the years but it's not my go-to my go-to is uh, just a counseling form or even a memorandum format where I can just lay out all sorts of stuff, what I expect, you know, left and right limits. And, you know, this is what I want you to do to, to, to get an excellent block. This is what I think you should be doing type deal. Uh, to, uh, I also use, uh, even as my, as my own NCOERs is I just keep a, a, a journal basically. And it's got, uh, if I go to a conference, I got the dates, what the conference was, you know, did I do something at the, and did I speak at it or did I, you know, why did I go to it type deal? You know, I, I do that. Uh, if I went TDY, where did I go? Who did I see? What did I do? You know, because it's so easy to be like, if you don't write anything down like that to, to 12 months later, you come back, you're like, oh, now I got to write cars OER, but I didn't really write anything down. So the, the, the few things that stick out of my head are what I jot down. But if you got pages of stuff, I did this, this, and this, I went to these schools, I did this, you know, I, you know, if you just take notes of what you do throughout every month, writing an evaluation is not a problem. Now, and in, in when you say you're taking notes now, are you giving that like kind of journal to your rater then just of like, hey, this yeah. is, this is the, exactly. what I did over the course of. Exactly. I think, uh, I, I think again, we go back to, so there's a dialogue. It's an ongoing and constant dialogue. And from the rater and rated, uh, I should say rated soldiers perspective, understand the experience level too, mm -hmm. right? So when I'm senior rating somebody now, I have a very different level of experience right. than I did when I was a captain. And so I needed more feedback. I, just like you said, hey, it, it got kicked back. I needed more of that than I need now. I needed more when I was, when I was more, you know, as a junior guy, I needed more input from people because there's so much going on and I'm trying to master my craft and I'm trying to, to really understand it and how people relate, uh, how all those roles and responsibilities interrelate and how effective one person is and, and the way I see the world has changed. Right. And really understanding that depth of experience is so important. So again, we're asking a lieutenant, which is the right thing to do, to to rate a sergeant first class who's got 12 or 15 years of experience. There's got to be a different dialogue that occurs, right? And that and if 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 that NCO isn't able to sit down uh, in that first sergeant and that sergeant major and that battalion commander again as the senior rater to that platoon leader, there's these these dialogues that occur throughout the year it's it's just constant it's and if if that platoon sergeant is the best and if you're doing the right things as a as a leader that you're throwing that that platoon sergeant's name out there when the sar when the sergeant major comes around and says hey we're looking for somebody to go up to the s3 you know the brigade s3 shop uh because you know they they need they need a stud up there that's and i know nobody wants to do it right but I'm telling you, that's the dialogue that you say, hey, Sergeant yeah. Major, let me tell you something, because here's what's going to come out of that. Here's what's he's yeah. then going to start asking you some questions, which really is what you're going to end up putting on that 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 platoon sergeant's NCOER. Right. Now, the whole time you're going, I don't want to lose this guy, but you're an advocate mm -hmm. and the Raider and senior Raider have to become advocates, not just. Right. So we're talking about that conversation, that physical conversation. Yeah. But when we put pen to paper, you are an advocate for both the rated soldier and for the organization, mm -hmm. right? And so, so that those words that you have throughout the year, those dialogue, that dialogue, that that's what ends up on the paper, and that's what's helped me over the years. When you've talked about advocacy before a little bit, I know I've sat in some of the um, professional development sessions that you've done, and it's you talked about advocacy, you know, in, in that dialogue, but then also on paper. And I guess that's my question: is like, what are some of the 
things, at, you know, whether you're writing a support form or you're rating a soldier, what are those some of those specific uh, verbiage or terminology that, you know, differentiates, I guess, you know, uh, outstanding performer from a high performer from a performer? Sure. I, so first of all, you got to be honest, right? So it's got to be honest and it's got to be timely. So the very first thing is, again, through that dialogue that leads up. So the evaluation is really what we focus on, but it's it's all the stuff that goes in over the course of the year. And so if I'm honest with people that I'm rating or senior rating, and if I'm timely, it gives them the opportunity to then change behaviors if they yeah. need to be changed or double down and do more of the good stuff that we see. Right. And so then when we take it to paper, not everyone's number one. Can't. Right. It, it, we just and I'm telling you, a board can see it's it's hard for me to really explain. I wish everyone could sit and see what we've seen. But you can see when somebody keeps telling everyone they're number one, because the comments beyond a hey, you're number one really start to look pretty weak. Yeah. And the problem with that is then the person who really was number one yeah. gets kind of lumped water, into that category. So you've got to use strong words for your best. But don't let it be a surprise to somebody. If it's a surprise that. Hey, you're, I'm big on enumeration, right? The army says enumeration. Yep. If I have 38 people get in a, in a previous job, I'm senior rating 38 majors. Uh, somebody's number one, somebody's number 38. Somebody, yeah, that's exactly right. Now I, I may not say, Hey, you're number 26, but I'm going to say, Hey, you're middle third, bottom third, something mm -hmm. like that. That's and what is the difference there? I know we've heard we talk about like qualitative and quantitative. Do you do either of you want to speak on that a little bit about like I will tell you this. Here, here's here's what I here's so uh, number three of nine or let's let's even let's look at it this way. Yeah. Number number uh, number eight of uh, 27 mm -hmm. or top third. When, when, he, when, when he says enumerate, that's what he's you can say it either way and, and get your point across. I would rather be number three of 27 yeah, than top but, third, but they're both literally correct. Yeah, they're both the same thing. So I guess, Sergeant Major, you've, I'm sure, hired a lot of different folks over the uh, years. What are some of the things that you really look for then when, when it comes to like those qualitative statements when you're looking through someone, when they send you their three OERs for a job packet? Oh, gosh. Just, I mean, like we're saying, it's, it's uh, you know, not, not that you did something. It's, it's either how well you did it and or you know uh i'm trying to think of uh you know op, you could go with op tempo you know well and everybody's got to kind of keep up with it or else you're going to go to the wayside but are you a 50 percent guy or are you 100 percent? you know you're you're 100 of the time you're you're meeting the the requirements or maybe 50 percent of the time or 70 percent of the time you can use percentages you can use um uh you know uh if you're graduating a school or something like that i always think you know everyone's like graduated all right well did you successfully graduate you know how, how did you were you top you were you the honor graduate you know i mean how can we can we expand upon that you know to, to even do even better so just any way you can do that yeah and again I, I i'd be very clear that that responsibility and the delineation between a raider and a senior raider is so misunderstood mm -hmm. so understand when you're talking about performance it's e to me it's very easy uh in most cases there's some mm -hmm. some ch positions maybe are more challenging but your top performers are going to the numbers are going to be there they right. did x number of whatever repetitions they you know they got more of their soldiers through whatever mm -hmm. right these different things but then you got to look and you got to extrapolate from that you know you, what's your potential Right. And so don't mix those things up. And as you get after that and, and you ask, you know, how do you look at are you, you know, when you're hiring somebody or you're looking at, you know, a board is not not going to focus on just what they've done. They're talking about, hey, we have all of these qualified people. Who's Setting the apart. most qualified? What sets, what sets them, them apart? apart? And, you know, you get like you get a lot of that, those specifics. Right. So as a raider, you're writing, hey, 28 out of 32 repetitions you know or or whatever you know was the number one of this platoon was the best at this right. uh had four of five uh soldiers successfully graduate ranger school which you know that's huge you know that's that's a big deal 
But then when you go down to that that senior rater portion, you're talking about what is this person going to do for us into the future? And so you got to jump from some of those. Uh, you know, I, I will tell you, as a board member, I, I really start to look at what's a stronger word than, you know, you're, you're comparing. Somebody else had your job before you were in it. You moved on to a different job. Somebody else backfilled you. So three, four, five, we really pretty much have the same experiences. For you, for example, yeah. everyone was a platoon leader. Mm -hmm. Everyone was going to be a company XO. Everyone's going to be a company commander, S3, uh, some of those jobs. Yeah. Everyone's got the same jobs. So what is setting you apart? And then when we're talking about setting you apart, mm -hmm. don't, uh, you know, raiders and senior raiders, you got to use, you got to use strong words. But I'm going to go back to, again, before you sign that evaluation, uh, that NCOER or that OER as the rated soldier, look at it as if it's one, another chapter, mm -hmm. right? Because you don't want the same thing and you want to show that you're building towards something. If everyone's writing the same thing or it's just kind of, yeah, hey, I'm, I'm successfully navigating. Okay, you're, you're, so you're successfully floating down a river. Or are you in the lead canoe taking charge, yeah. making sure that people are getting fed? Where and that's a, and, and would I want you to be the expedition leader the next time? Well, I guess that brings me to another question then. You're talking about it like progressively, you know, growing, like seeing that, uh, you know, that, that character in the book develop. Yeah. You, know, yeah, you know, my battalion commander when I was, uh, after I got that first OER, because I went and talked to them about it, I was like, yeah. hey, uh, <laughs> What do we got to do to fix this? And I was just like, I just was like, because I just got out of range school and everything. I was like, I, I just want to be the best, <laughs> um, you know? So I was like, what do I need to do to be the best? Yeah. And so, uh, you know, and, and he explained to me this concept that like, well, you want your OERs to show growth um, over the course. Like you don't want to be top blocked with your first one and not on the next one, like so, potentially. What's your thoughts on that? My thought is, I, I, I'll, no, I'll just tell you from my perspective, uh, yeah, you can keep that. Yeah. Uh, I want to be number one uh, on every evaluation. <laughs> now, if you're not, again, that honest dialogue, yeah. what is keeping that that whole, listen, I'm going to tell you something, uh, Cap Carr, that whole, you got to show growth. No. How about this? How about I show you growth by actually growing and you right. give me more on my, put more on my plate and I will do more. Right. Uh, that to me, uh, I, I I just disagree okay. with that. I'll leave it at I, that. I will, I will caveat on you. You rate them how they need to be rated. If that's a top block, then that's a top block. It's not. I'm not going to downgrade something because I I don't think you need it yet or something. No. And and I don't. I'm a firm believer on NCOERs at least is not everybody far exceeds everything. No. That should be few and far between. That shouldn't be the norm. The norm is met standard. And then anything above that is how I can kind of check it off. So, I mean, I, I if I see an NCOER that's got all the left blocks far exceeds, it almost makes me not even want to read it. So how do you manage your, how do you manage your profile then, speaking of that? Because, like, I know that's something that, you know, might be a little bit confusing to some of our listeners. How you, there's, like, everyone has a profile they have to manage. Do you want to expound on that a little bit? So it's a little different for, for us NCOs because we just started doing that a few years ago. Uh, officers have been doing it for years, so they they, they kind of know how to game the system per se. I'll, I'll leave it at that, uh, but they do, trust me. Um, but but basically, you know, uh, NCOERs, I'm pretty sure it's 40, only, uh, no, 24%. I can give a top block 24% of the time. So if I got four people, Basically, I can I can give one. That's it. And uh, so you really were a little more conservative because I think you guys are top forty nine or up something until 06, up yeah. until oh six. So you have a little more leeway with those. But it mean me personally, it means something a little different to the officers than it mm -hmm. does enlisted. I mean, granted, we want to. So we have. Uh, I don't even remember. I know it's not, it's highest. Uh, I don't even remember. What heck they're called right now but anyways the, most, the qualified. most yeah most qualified qualified you know and, and so me personally it's it's pretty much the same damn thing you know so i think the so the most important thing is words matter more than blocking 
Yeah. And that's something that's sitting on a board. I would have told you five of five uh, mm -hmm. most qualifieds get you promoted. What I've learned is, and I, I use that example where you have one sentence and it says most qualified. Do you think that really counted as a most qualified or when I see a most qualified yeah. and it's clearly cut and paste because it's not even the right name? I'm telling you now that doesn't carry the weight. I could care less about that blocking yeah. now. So blocking is important. Don't right. I mean, listen, I want to be right. If my boss is listening, <laughs> I promise you blocking is important to me. However, words are most important. And as far as profile management, I'm going to go back to you got to be honest and upfront with people early. And so it is very challenging when you move to that next level and all of a sudden, for example, now you are, uh, let's say when you move up to, you might have a couple of lieutenants that you rate or senior rate as a major, but, but typically when you become a battalion commander, right? So now you've made a transition. And so that number one lieutenant is he number one against what population, mm -hmm. you know, how are you looking yeah. at him uh, or her? How are you building that? And then are you ensuring that uh, if the next person that comes in turns out to be the best that you really truly have ever experienced, right. that you have space for them? I will tell you, I am ruthless about my profile management. Yeah. Uh, I could tell you, I won't, but I could tell you right now, uh, sitting here within 1% plus or minus at each, uh, at each grade, uh, what I have to give. I, I, I just, it's that important. And it's that important to me because it's that important to me as a rated soldier. So it, it dang sure should be that important, important for me as a senior raider, right? right? If, cause you're, you're, it's your career. Mm -hmm. And so I'm telling you profile management comes down to treating each of those top blocks mm -hmm. as well as each of those not qualified blocks unqualified right. blocks. Each of them has a role in our system. It means something. It means something and it's different, right? And so this is where the nuances come in, right? I told you earlier, yeah, I want to be number one, but, but if you're brand new, mm -hmm. you're a brand new major and we throw you into a really hard job, right? Where everyone that you're, that you're working with as a peer group, maybe they're, maybe they're like four years time in grade now doesn't mean that you can't get the top block. But again, words matter. Boards are going to look at when and where you got that top block. I'm not saying grow, because if, you, if you're the best, I'm going to give you the top block. I, why wouldn't I? And I'm going to rate you number one, right. strong enumeration. But keep in mind, too, that boards, when we talk about that growth and when we talk about profile management, boards are made up of human beings. And so I'm, I live through this system. It's not, it's not robotic, right? It's not a computer. So I live through this system. So I look at it as, as if that was my paperwork when I'm writing it and when I'm reading it as a board member. And so I'm looking at it going, okay, uh, he got a top block. Uh, okay. He was in this kind of a job. Now he may be your next OER. We, because you were doing such a heck of a, you were doing a heck of a job. We moved you into something really, really challenging. Mm -hmm. You're a second year major. And you don't get a top block, but super strong uh, writing in your, right. I'm going to look at that and go, yeah, he, he jumped up from AAA ball to the major leagues. Right. And so yeah. you're reading between the lines. You right. Absolutely have to. But again, it's not so much between the lines. I'm reading, I, I can read. You're reading, the, you're reading the whole book. You're reading the book. So by the time I start, the difference between what I start and what I see, it's like any character in a book. You don't start off knowing everything about that character by reading chapter one. You learn there's right, flashbacks. Right. There's, hey, this is what I want to be. There's a lot to it. So there's, on the NCO side, uh, a personal example. The two worst NCOERs in my whole career is when I was a recruiter for two years. And I'm not going to lie. I mean, I, I liked recruiting, but uh, it just wasn't my cup of tea. I'm a trainer. I, I like training soldiers. I like doing that stuff. Every other NCOER, you know, and I've got I've been, my first NCOER was in 1992. So yeah, I've got a few of them, but that's the very two worst NCOERs were recruiting as an E7, and uh, I'll never forget the very first bullet on my last NCOER as a recruiter. Very first bullet under competence to old NCOERs. 
lacks the heartfelt drive to be an R&R NCO because I resigned Title 32 AGR to go Title 10 ADOS because I was like, it's not, it's not for me. So, but I sprung back from that because that wasn't my cup of tea. I got it. I understood, you know, I was trying the best that I could. Wasn't me. So I was like, I, I need to tap out. I need to go somewhere where I'm, I know what I'm doing. I'm really good at it. And I went to train soldiers. I trained 10,000 soldiers in the next four years after that last worst NCOER in my, you know, so. So the narrative, yeah. the overall narrative was, you know, Sergeant Major in this case, you know, he wasn't, he, he wasn't going to be a, a career 79 tango, right? But that wasn't where his skill set was. And clearly, uh, you know, as evidenced, yep. uh, the G35 Sergeant Major, uh, people took the whole of his story and not yeah. just that one or those yeah, one or two looked at those you were like, you know i don't know i mean i was no lie last last ncr was all successes they were trying to give me a needs improvement i was like no not gonna happen i was like all successes and i was like and then just write bullets that you know are fair in of what i did you know i was i went out and became a substitute teacher for the state of indiana you know uh, i repelled soldiers rsp soldiers off the, the repel tower because i was one of two uh repel masters in the whole state you know so i did things none of that was on my ncoer it's i didn't make mission and uh you know i'm i'm, I'm quitting you know i'm like okay well that's not what i want to do so yeah so i guess clearly this is not a recruiting video no yeah but but no honestly so all i'm getting at is some people are really good at recruiting they love it they're great at it and and so be it let those are the people that we need out there and like it's not that i didn't want to do well but it's just like you know i wasn't a numbers person so it's like i wanted to do what's right for captain Carr, not just because i needed a number i think this is part of that advocacy that we talked about a little bit earlier i think this is where good leaders great leaders recognize that hey that's not your skill set right i mean i i've used this before i'm not going to be you know, chief of nuclear engineering any yeah. anytime soon. That's not my skill set. Yeah. So I've got to have good leaders who are advocates for me that say, hey, here's your skill set. I'm going to put you in a position to be successful. I'm going to be honest with you. If you're not successful, or these are the things, right? And, and again, I go back to then over time, my evaluations are going to, are really going to be about me and my my career. And it's, it's, it's just going to be a better picture of who I am. But you got to have those leaders too. Yeah. This is a leader business. Well, and that's what you you talked a lot about, like the role of the raider and senior raider, focusing in on their soldiers and and knowing their piece of it as leaders. From the soldier perspective, kind of what you know, right. piggybacking off of your personal example here, right. with those interactions with your senior raider, talking about potential, like you said, yeah. what is a, uh, you know, I guess what is your advice on, on. Uh, you know, shaping those comments, I guess, if it were like, we you know things when it comes to like successive assignments that, mm -hmm. that, that, you know, personally, you want to build into your career map. I know we've talked about that before on a podcast, I guess, you know, what's your advice on, on, you know, managing that relationship? Uh, I, you listen as the rated. So, so first of all, Hey, leaders out there yeah. take an interest in your soldiers careers. If you don't go do something else. All right. That that's what you're here to do. And so I, I think if you approach it, so every day I, I, I like to think, uh, and I'm not always, you know, as successful as I want to be, but I'm receptive to that conversation. And you, you've kind of referenced a couple of times we've had these discussions. Listen, that's what we're here to do as leaders. I want to make sure that you understand what my expectations are of you. I also want to understand that if I'm not clearly articulating those to you, when you come in and that feedback, that dialogue, that goes on throughout the year so that that when we talk, I know maybe why you're not accomplishing. Maybe maybe I just quite frankly haven't been clear in my expectations. Right. That's that's a challenge sometimes, right? Yeah. But then through that that whole that dialogue again that we have, I know where you want to go because we've had, I've asked you, where do you want to go? What do you want to do, Josh? What is it you're expecting out of this career, right? And hey, you want to be chief of staff of the army? Well, let me tell you. Okay, so here are the things. You know, I've not been the chief of staff of the army, but but based on history, here are some things you you probably need to do. You want to be a, an infantry battalion commander? Here are, you need to be a successful company commander. 
right? So, and I can be honest with you, and, and but then that, from that, when we talk about those successive assignments, when we talk about what's going into your evaluation, I can also help shape that too. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna take that into uh, consideration because we've had that 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 discussion. Well, and and, and that's a good point, sir. You know, and, and if you have some star major to add on to it, but we, uh, I, I I did this with my battalion commander. This is a personal example, right? Uh, I got back one of my OERs, and I was just like, hey, you know, I sent it back to him, sir, and I was like, hey, sir, like. These are like you mentioned these successive assignments. This is actually something I would like to do as well. And he went back and actually rewrote the whole thing and made it much what I felt was like a much stronger uh, uh, bullet just by taking a second look at it. Expectation management. And then also, you know, within Title 10 land, at least is in uh, Title 32 is different in its own realm. If you're AGR person, it's. You know, there's only certain jobs you can do. You know, you're going to go from a readiness NCO or a supply guy to a readiness NCO or, you know, at the company battalion level, you know, all the different levels. But it's it's just expectation management and, and just talking with people. And and like you're saying is <clears throat> let them know what you're interested in doing. Hey, I want to I want that hard job. You know, that, that I want to do that one hard job that's out there, you know, uh, and let them put that on you and let it be something that's realistic that you can attain. Because so many times I've looked at, you know, six, uh, successive assignments and we're like, well, that's not even really his, his, you know, expertise. You know, why would we send him over there? And it's just because somebody knew that they've used that one before. So I'm going to put that down. Well, it's make sure it pertains to that, that, that soldier. Yeah. I, that's I, the storyline basically. Yeah, it does. It, it's, you know, so listen, and I, I've used this for a few people. I, I recognize that, uh, you know, some jobs are really not uh, commonplace. All right, so one that I've used, when I want to really say, hey, this this soldier is absolutely one of our best, I might put things down there like, hey, one of potential job would be, you know, uh, XO or AXO to the director of the Army Guard or maybe uh, aid to the SECDEF or aid to the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, mm -hmm. right? I recognize that nobody's sitting there at the computer and going, "Okay, Cap Carr, now we're gonna we're gonna nominate him." Yeah. However, to a board, when they see that and they go, "Wow," uh, yeah. but it also again comes back to the dialogue that you and I are gonna have when you see that and you go, "Hey, sir, just so you know, uh, I have uh, no desire to ever do that," which then hopefully leads to me saying, "Well, why would that be?" And this is what I see in your future and what you're capable of, which then leads to you saying, well, if you think I can get there, how do I do that, right? What schools, to it's Sergeant Major's point, what schools do I need to go to? How do I develop, right? And that's that that relationship. So I go back to, it's, it's different when you're a brand new lieutenant, right? Because you don't know that. And, and the captain, he is, he's got just a little bit more experience, but that's where those sergeant majors and that's where those colonels and those lieutenant colonels and even those majors and those first sergeants where they come in and they can sit down and have those discussions with you and really help you understand because yeah, I get it. We're talking about evaluations. What we're really talking about is taking care of your soldiers. Your career is as important to you as mine is to me. And every day when I show up to work, I, and particularly when I'm doing awards, evaluations, when I'm making recommendations on where somebody should go for an assignment, I, I, I lose a lot of sleep over that stuff because if it hadn't worked out for me and my family, that's, that's money, not, you know, that's opportunity. You know, I'm sitting in a, I'm sitting in a command now, a, a brigade uh, command now. I mean, I wouldn't have had those opportunities if people along the way from my my first sergeants when I was Sergeant Blanchard or my first sergeants when I was Captain Blanchard yeah. all the way up. I mean, I think about the the advice, the insight, the counsel, and that's really the evaluation is the culmination of a lot of work over the course of, of time. If it's just another piece of paper uh, that you're putting together, mm -hmm. you know, shame on you leaders. That That's yeah. what I would say. Shame on you. Uh, take an interest. Because somebody took an interest in your career, and that's how you yeah. got to be a sergeant major. That's how I got to be. I, I'd rather see less bullets and have them be quantitative and qualitative than just a fluff bullet. You know, if if I'm gonna see, I, I call them fluff bullets. So if it, if it's a generic statement that I could make about just about any soldier that did job A, then it's a fluff bullet. You know, it's just something I'm trying to fill in there. 
So that's why I'm saying try to make it to where it relates to the individual soldier because now you can tie it into how are they doing? How, do, how are they doing it compared to the last three people that have done it? You know, or, you know, just in general. I tell you, so I had this, uh, so I actually had this discussion with someone earlier today, coincidentally, right? And, and so the question kind of came up with, was uh, we were talking about those jobs and those evaluations. Once you get to a certain point in your career, you can't go back and, and do those. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, as much as I would like to go back to being a yeah. squad leader, oh, yeah. uh, can't do it. I, that's not going to happen, right? And so if I miss a job, yeah. if I miss an opportunity, if I miss an evaluation, yeah. or the quality, the depth of that evaluation uh, is not there, I can't go back and undo that. I can't go back and get that job as an S3. That's a that's a that's an O4 position, right? Yeah. So I'm I'm not going to have that opportunity. And I think so. I think it's super important that again that dialogue that we have that Raider senior Raider rated soldier discussion has to include those things because again the senior Raider is the one who's hopefully putting you on the track so that as a captain when I talk about your future your potential your future jobs I'm putting you on a track or not to get the job that you need as a major so that you can be competitive when you're a colonel or when you're a lieutenant colonel to become a colonel because you can't go back in yeah. time and fix that the evaluation if the va- evaluation is milk toast if it's super like anybody could get this evaluation right. that's always in there mm-hmm. right and so that's a, again that's the discussion if you mm-hmm. see that you got to say hey sir is this now again yeah, yeah I, did, I had this exact discussion with my boss the other day about applying for some of these broadening assignments and right. it's like well you only do company command once, so it's like if you miss yeah. something in your timeline, your your rest of your career, you know, you're yeah. gonna have your suffer because of it. But we tend to look backwards, right? And we always look back and say what what you should have done. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, that's a senior raider's job to tell you today what, what you, you need to do in now and in the future to be, to be successful. Because that captain can't really tell you how to become a battalion commander. Yeah. No offense. Yeah, I know. But you know that battalion commander can can help you having seen what he or she did, as well as their peers, what successful people, what experiences. Hey, you know, the person I really wish I was as a battalion commander, these are the experiences that he or she had. And I can relay that to you so you can understand. That doesn't mean you got to go down that same track, but at least you're informed ahead of time. That, again, is part of that, that evaluation counseling that has to occur. Where do I see you in the future? And it can't just be, hey, you're number one of of 12, it, you're number one of 12, and oh, by the way, this is where I think you need to go. And these are the things that this, yeah. the evaluation is so much bigger, but it's only bigger if we take advantage of it, if we do the right things. Well, and it sounds like a lot of what you're talking about here, Sir Major, both you and uh, you, Colonel Blanchard, is the mentorship piece of this, mm-hmm. how like really evaluation should be reflective of, of senior leaders and your leaders mentoring you throughout your career and giving you honest honest feedback yeah definitely i could write an evaluation in 30 minutes because i've put in 12 months of work with somebody mm-hmm. in other words it's again I'm, I'm a little bit more senior so i've been doing this a while but the evaluation is going to be a a quality evaluation that i can do in a shorter period of time because as a sergeant major has talked about, we put in the work ahead of time and the mentoring. This is just the capstone event for that that year. It's not yeah. the last event. Hopefully it's not the, the first time yeah. and it shouldn't be the last time. But but part of your evaluation is is really that mentoring. But I, I will also go back and say, I'm going to say it again. Hey, as, as the rated soldier, you, you got to be honest with yourself too. Oh, yeah. And you got to be receptive to that feedback right. because I might not say that you're number one, right? right? And that that is, I've I've had that discussion. Well, how can I be number, you know, how can I be number three? How can I be middle of the third, okay? First of all, remember yeah. that conversation that we had yeah. or hey, let's talk about these things where I, I made you go back and redo them, right? Uh, right? And yeah. so sometimes that's yeah. not a, that's not a super, comfortable conversation to have at the end. But those are also things that you should have, as the rated soldier, should have picked up on during the course of the year. The first time I kick something back and I say, Captain Carr, this is not, I know, go back and go back and bring it to me again. 
that's an opportunity now for you. The number one guy, you want to know what the number one guy does? Number one guy or, or girl doesn't come in and have every single time it gets through on the first go. That That's not happening. But the number one person is going to say, hey, sir, let me ask you this. What, how can I do this better? Okay, I see this. And they're going to be, and they're going to take that feedback honestly. And now they're going to go back and to their table their and they're going to, they're going to work until, you know, I'm not suggesting anyone has to work no. till two, but they're just going to, they're not going to accept that. And the next time you come back in, it's going to just, again, that dialogue that continues throughout the year. And because you're looking at yourself honest and you're receptive to feedback, I only got to give you that feedback once. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden I see you giving it to somebody else and help, Hey, helping my peer. That's how you become number one because the potential not only not the only are you fixing yourself, yourself, but you're fixing others. Right. So sorry, Major, as we have a lot of turnover with personnel within the Army and we've noticed a lot of turnover within our soldiers, to be honest, uh, as a whole, I know it's something that the Guard struggles with. What's the thing that we can do to kind of combat that stacking the deck for certain individuals or that good old boy system that I know sometimes it can be prevalent within right. the Guard? You know, how do we ensure that the most qualified soldier is is getting put in or is getting promoted is receiving the evaluation they deserve and isn't being overshadowed by someone who's being protected quote unquote by their friends within the organization right um i think the 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 biggest thing is is uh just looking at the processes and and making sure you know some some states you know if we're talking at state level uh you know you don't want all the buddies sitting on the board because they're gonna promote, you know, they, they wanna broaden their perspective, uh, possibly, you know, if I'm trying to do a, a readiness NCO, I wanna get some G1 people involved, some just outsiders per se. So they're looking at the, the actual documentation in front of them and not having that personal bias uh, when it comes to it. Yeah, I think the, the bottom line is we gotta make sure that we've got the, the right leaders in place long-term. And it's an iterative, iterative process. Uh, you know, if you've got those pockets of uh, less than excellence out there, then then again, leaders, you got to get involved right? to suggest that that we're going to get it right every single time. Uh, I really wish that were true. But again, that's engaged leadership. That's right. that is our that's literally our job to get out there and and make sure that that's not happening and where it is happening. Uh, at some point, somebody senior enough needs to stick their hand in there and uh, uh, make sure it stops. Right, and I mean, it's if you keep doing the right thing, uh, I was an E7 for almost 10 years. Uh, so uh, four different promotion systems within the guard. And, uh, you know, uh, I had one Sergeant Major tell me, well, you, you keep doing this to yourself. I'm like, what are you talking about? And, and you know, I'm doing like the best that I can, you know? And he's like, well, you keep changing the, you know, from Title 32 AGR to Title 32, or I mean, Title 32 uh, ADOS, Title 32 AGR, Title 10 ADOS, Title 10 AGR, all four of them different promotion systems. So like within my E7 realm, you know, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm out there, I'm doing things. So just make sure you, you just you just got to keep striving, and uh, you know the 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 hard chargers are going to prevail, and uh, you know it, like Colonel was saying, it, it's hard to if you're put in charge of that process. You know I've I've kind of seen some of the processes. It's it's a lot to take in, a lot to absorb, and it's you know you get board processes, and everybody kind of looks at records slightly different. To you know all three of us could look at the same person and. You know, one of us could be way off in left field because I might know something personal about that person, whereas you two don't. So you're taking it literally for what it's worth, but I, I got my little bias in there. So I'm, it's either good or bad, you know? So so then that's why we always take an average of the board members of this is where it needs to be. Hmm. That's a really good point. Before we dive in, I guess, to talking about like some resources and and uh, best practices for young leaders out there. Is there anything that you guys want to add in that we haven't talked about um, so far related to OERs and CRs? I think uh, from my perspective, again, uh, good leaders advocate uh, for their soldiers, bad leaders advocate for themselves. Mm -hmm. And when you look at that, I'm talking about, uh, you know, diversity across the force. And when I say diversity, I mean it in a lot of different ways. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily need everyone to look uh, and have the same career path that I did. 
right? In fact, I, I don't want that. I don't want everyone who, who, who does that. And so inherent in that is understanding uh, the board process. I strongly encourage every leader to take the opportunity, sit on a board, really understand what is out there, understand the pool. You're going to be able to really advocate, uh, be an advocate for your soldiers uh, much better when you start to see, you know, so instead of just seeing your 25 or 30 OERs or uh, NCOERs that you've written, now you can see a thousand of them mm -hmm. and you can say, wow, uh, this is a really well-written uh, document. I want to, not that you're going to copy it and take it back, but you're going to say, okay, this, now I understand how a group of five or six or 14 people can look at this and come to a, a draw a picture, uh, a, a word picture of, of that soldier. Right. And yeah, it's, I mean, uh, I noticed that. So when we were doing uh, one of our programs up here, we used to get all these applications in. And mm -hmm. I learned a lot about OERs and NCOERs by reading tons and tons of packets as right. they came in um, as we prepared them for the selection process that we had. So not at the same level, but same no, I concept. But I, I think that's just a great opportunity. To see it as an opportunity to grow uh, is, I mean, it's just leader development. To me, there shouldn't be a command sergeant major and there shouldn't be an 06 commander out there that has not sat on a board because you are really uh you know we're a command centric a commander centric organization and we need those guys and girls sitting in those positions who have seen a wide variety uh of experiences of words it can really uh can really write something that is better uh, to put put the right people in place for the future. Yeah. So one one thing I worked with uh, 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 with Sergeant Major Sampa. So the way the the regulatory guidance is written right now, just like you were saying, is command, command, command. All of the Title Ten Sergeant Majors are staff Sergeant Majors. So I don't even get asked to sit on a board because of the way our documents are written. So I talked to Sergeant Major Sampa, CSM Sampa, and. Uh, uh, he's working with the boards to get the Title Ten staff sergeant majors eligible. As long as it's not a command position, I don't I don't need to sit on the command board because I haven't been a command sergeant major personally. But so if somebody has, then you could. But uh, you know, if it's just a promotion board, you know, uh, let us sit on it so we can look at it and and, and well, see. Well, I mean, that goes in with some of the stuff the big army is doing too, right? Yeah. With uh, like we just had General Johnson taking over an, yeah. an active duty. Right. division command yeah listen if we're going to keep doing the things that we've always done we're going to keep getting the same results right. we need fresh ideas we need uh excited uh motivated leaders at all levels right if you're you know we need enthusiasm about what we do what we do is amazing yeah. uh it i mean is. to serve our our nation to serve our communities i mean how how can you not be excited about doing this and so we need those ideas. We need people coming up. And 2021 is going to be, hopefully it's definitely a lot different than 2020, right? But it's going to be different, certainly than, than you know, when I came into the Army. It's, you, you mentioned four different, uh, you know, promotion systems as an E7, right? And so, so I love what the Army is doing. I love what, uh, what we're trying to do in the Guard. And we're taking a look at these things. Like let's get the let's get the the right people in the right jobs. Let's promote the right people, uh, and when I say the right people, I mean those who have great ideas that are are truly leading their formations, that are agents of change, and uh, you know that are out there advocating for their soldiers. Because uh, again, I I'm only here. Uh, I mean, anyone who's been around me is is shocked. How how did this happen? But it's because I've had great mentors who, in in going back to the evaluations. Every single evaluation was built over the course of the entire time of that rating period. I was ne I, I can't think of one time in my career, quite frankly, and I know I'm different. Yeah. Like I, I recognize is. this is I'm different. Gonna, I'm gonna say he is. <laughs> but but I, I will tell you, uh, I've, I've been blessed with great mentors, great leaders who have, I've never shown up and been surprised by whatever evaluation. Mm -hmm. And then I've never left an evaluation, uh, that, that final counseling, uh, without having some really fee good feedback about what to do for the next two or three years. It's been amazing. And so let's get those guys and girls, those leaders that I've, I've been fortunate to work for. We need more of those and let's get after it. Piggybacking off that, last two questions. Um, 
what is a what's your advice i guess and we talked a lot about mentorship and stuff so it might be rehashing some of it but like what is your advice to those junior leaders like you were saying to our major those the leaders of tomorrow like what's your advice to those you know junior soldiers like myself um to set them up for success both you know as a leader and in their career so as as a leader uh, i'm trying to get like i'm trying to get everyone in the g3 involved if and i have an open door if you want to call me you want to email me i actually got to watch myself because I'll, I'll catch myself wanting to respond directly, be like, mm, that should really go through that person's senior, you know, whatever. So I got to catch myself, but I, I want to be an open book. I want to be, if, if you got a question, ask it, you know? So as a soldier, me personally, if don't suffer in silence, you know, if you have a question and you don't know how to do something, ask, ask somebody, you know, and, and just get some kind of guidance and be like, okay, I can work with this, you know, you know, just get a left and right limit and go with it. Yeah, I think uh, so. I would just tell everybody. So first of all, everyone can be a leader. Yes. Uh, you get to choose whether you are a good leader or a bad leader and make a change for everybody that you can. So whether you are a team leader and you've only, you know, maybe you've only got one person in your team right now, but you can make a difference in that soldier's life, in that family's life. If you are a company commander, and you've got 131 soldiers in your company. Lead and be the best leader. Make yeah. a difference for 131. I don't care how bad your boss may or may not be. I don't care about all the other stuff. It's your job, leader. Uh, you know, that company commander, that first sergeant to get in there and lead. And then, again, let's make sure we're selecting the right people. Right. To we, we see that and we emphasize those leaders who are doing it right so that then that, that company commander gets to be a battalion commander. It gets to impact 550, 600 lives, and then someday becomes a brigade commander, and then you know someday is the director or the chief of staff of the army and can influence just thousands upon thousands. Mm -hmm. Choose to be that, that person every day. When you wake up, and so here's the, here's the beauty of it, and this is what mm -hmm. I, if you do that, they won't let you down. Oh, it, no. they, they will make sure you are successful. Again, I, I use myself as an example. Yep. I, many, many times in my career, I've had people save me from myself oh, yeah. uh, because while I might not have been the smartest, the fastest, the strongest, the most agile, right. they knew I cared about them. And uh, so they took care of me when I needed to be taken care of. Picked up the slack where it needed to be picked up. And Definitely. Yeah. So go just be a good leader. Yeah. Be a good, just be a, be a, damn be good. a good person. Honestly, that's what it comes down to. It's just care about people and, uh, and care, you know, if you want to be successful, care about, you know, your career is trying to help you be successful. So last question then. Yeah. So January, 2021, allegedly they're coming out with new grooming standards. Oh, God. Okay. What's the, what's the, what's, what's the thoughts? Do you, have you heard any grumblings? <laughs> I haven't. No, no, I don't know. I don't know if you could give us any of the any of the scoop on this or not. No, so. I, I listen. Uh, as soon as they let me grow a goatee, I probably still won't because it'll come in gray uh, and patchy. Uh, but uh, listen, so he, you know, I don't want to become the guy who's the get off my lawn guy, yeah. right? Yeah. That's my job. That's my job. That, things change. The world changes. Yeah. The army is going to change. Society changes. Uh, get on board or, you know, go go home and, and remember the, the quote unquote good old, good old days. days, which, by the way, you know, when we were 25, yeah. 26, there I were people know. leaving then. Yeah, they were like, man, they were always that good. Uh, yeah. Whatever the grooming, whatever the chief staff of the army says, whatever Congress says, whatever the boss says, uh, I'll be in compliance. Uh, if he says shave three times a week. 12 yeah. times a week, whatever. Uh, yeah. So, but yeah, I so, wouldn't mind, you know, some lamb chops, they'd look good on me, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I, I, I can see it right now, sir. Yeah. So I can't grow up here much less. Uh, so, so so with that, uh, another thing, I was reading a book from Colin Powell and uh, his one of his philosophies is, it's don't tell me no, it's how do we get to yes. So same thing. So, so very, very good thought process in the sense of it's not, you know, should we change or something that's not, don't automatically know we don't do that. We don't grow beards or we don't do this. It's okay. Well, 
how do we get to yes? You know, doesn't make sense. You know, back in the day, it, we didn't do it because of the way our, our promass sealed. You couldn't seal promass with, with a beard. So we didn't shave, you know, you know, that's not as high of a, on the, on the board anymore. So maybe they're like, all right, well, maybe we can push that off. And, and so maybe they do go civil to war. There was some, uh, yeah, there should be a rule though. Don't, don't, if you, if it looks terrible, you know, right. your fellow soldiers will let so you know. Just, so just FYI, I was in the old guard on active duty and it doesn't matter what the regulations say. You cannot grow facial hair in the old guard against the rules. Can't happen. Won't happen ever. Interesting. I'll shave most well, days. Yeah. Well, gentlemen, thanks so much for coming on. Um, I know that we talked about a lot of stuff, a little bit long-winded, but uh, no, definitely good. appreciated both of you taking the time and energy to come out here. So Anytime. All right, we appreciate it. If you would like more information on any of the topics discussed today, please visit our social media pages in the links below. Tune in to Leaders Recon over the next few weeks as we bring in today's leaders and pioneers to discuss their experiences, share their wisdom, and help you grow as a leader. If you like this episode of Leaders Recon, please don't forget to subscribe below and leave us a five-star review. You can find us wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.